Welcome back, everyone, to the Shoving Wilco podcast. I am your host, Todd Rossnagel. It is great to have you along with us. This is episode two with Charles Harris, who is a professional photographer based out of North Carolina, who has shot plenty of images of Wilco over the years. I hope you have a chance to go back and listen to the first episode where we talked about his history with the band. Charles, welcome back to Shoving Wilco. You know, in the first episode, I didn't get a chance to to ask you about the title of this podcast, Shoving Wilco. I I, I think you get it, right? I do. Well, thanks again for having me. I do. I, I have, uh, you know, as you explained to me, it's about sort of pushing you know, being a, being a Wilco right. pusher in effect. Um, and believe me, I've, I've shoved quite a few people in that direction as well. Well, I encourage our, our audience to go back and listen to the first episode where you unpack this history, this wonderful history of, um, you know, some of it happenstance, just bringing a camera to a concert and taking a couple of photos and then, you know, sending an email off. And then all of a sudden your, your work is, um, is, is shown by Wilco to the entire world, which obviously we, we talked about in the last episode, just being a, you know, phenomenal feeling for any photographer to have uh, your images shared with so many people. Uh, and then getting to know Jeff and this wonderful story that we had in the last episode about uh, Jeff seeing you in the crowd and wishing you a happy anniversary. I wanted to talk in this episode a little bit more about uh, your work, specifically seeing the band through a lens, uh, as a photographer, you know, how do you strive to capture the essence and energy of Wilco's live performance? I ask this knowing full well, um, that access is part of the equation, but I suspect that you also uh, have to know kind of what makes each of the guys tick on stage, right? Yeah, for sure. Access is definitely part of the equation. Uh, without that, it's, it's sort of difficult to capture the full, you know, true spirit of a show. Um, in the beginning, you had really long lenses. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a long lens guy. I, I, I like to be close and wide. Yeah. Um, so without that, it's, you know, again, it's difficult, but you know, back then, if you, if you were in the front row with a decent camera, you could, you could do this too, you know, cause, uh, in those days, no, nobody had cell phones and, uh, I, I felt pretty alone out there with a camera. Yeah, and I'd like to point out that I'm actually not a concert photographer. Hmm, Wilco, okay. Wilco, Wilco is the only band that I photograph. Really? So, yeah. So this is done, obviously, out of love and not some business interest. interest. I mean, out, out of the 100,000 plus photos I shoot annually, Wilco is just like a, a blip, just hardly any. That said, I, I have at least 50 shows archived. But- you know, when I started this, I had like zero experience in shooting live shows. And, uh, but my experience, I think, you know, with reportage and just shooting around the edges of life, uh, you know, taught me about timing and being quick and, mm. you know, emotions and things like that. So, you know, it was relatively intuitive to me. Mm. What is the difference between shooting some of the guys? Uh, you know, you've got you got Nell's pretty animated. You know, Jeff behind a mic, uh, Michael barely seen, and um, 
pad in his windmills. Um, I mean, you, you, you start, I, I'm assuming over the years that you've picked up on these different moments in the show where, where, where the guys are doing certain things, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, over time you learn to go where, where to go and when, you know, like you say, Pat windmills, Nels freaks out, <laughs> John Pogos, yeah, 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 yeah. Glenn just explodes. Mm. And, you know, Michael will stand up and pound the keys on certain songs or, or interacts with Nels. He is a little more difficult because, you know, he's kind of faced in an awkward direction. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the venue is incredibly important. Um, finding all these good angles, you know, like I say, sound check, I, I, I walk around a lot and try to find the best places to be. And so you want to shoot those moments for each of those guys from a great spot. And right, that doesn't, right. that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be in the pit, you know, maybe it's on the side, you know, or wherever, maybe yeah. it's from the, maybe it's even back in the audience where you get a little more of a, you know, whole, whole world experience. So I have to ask you, Charles, um, you mentioned earlier that you are not a concert photographer. Wilco is the only band that you photograph. But as we heard in the last episode, you are a huge Wilco fan. Do you ever stop to to take in a show and 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 put the camera down, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I I like to have a seat as well as my access. Maybe just a single seat. On, on an aisle, kind of close up. I'll go back to it, you know, or if I don't have a seat for that show, I'll, I'll find maybe an empty seat or squeeze between two people and, um, you know, soak in a song or two from that vantage point, you know, lifting the camera when I think things look fun, but yeah. otherwise just kind of letting it sink in. So you listened to the first few episodes of shoving Wilco. I did. And, uh, my friend Tim and I, uh, we did this silly, uh, little game start bench cut. Um, <laughs> uh, let me ask this, uh, what is, I want to get like a start bench cut for Wilco photographs for you. And it's, it, obviously it's very, very difficult on a podcast to be talking about this, but, um, what is maybe your all-timer Wilco photograph, your starter, and maybe one that, you know, personal favorite, a bench player, or the photo that you, um, that maybe got away from you, the cut photo? I, I, this is a ridiculous game, but um, I, I want to hear your thoughts on, on on some of your photographs, the ones that you, you, you love the most. Yeah, well, you know, that's, it's really not possible for me, and <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can cooperate (laughs) (laughs) on that uh i just you know prior to this episode i i looked into my wilco catalog just to just kind of get a sense of how many images i might have and it's just short of fifty four thousand. wow so yeah you know there's a lot of failures and redundancy and editing editing is very difficult in the best of circumstance so i mean it's super difficult to narrow one show down to say 60 images. And then you multiply that by all the various shows. Um, and it's, it's like, you know, you can't have a favorite child, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, in no order of 
placement. Really, I'm really fond of one of those early shots of Jeff and at the very first show I shot. There was something, you know, maybe that's just an emotional connection to me. Sure, or, sure. you know, it's the look of the film. It's the crazy lighting um, and backgrounds. So, you know, that's, there's definitely one or two from that show that I, I would put near the top of my list. As photographers, we often uh, we often a- answer this question by asking ourselves, "Would we frame it?" So, do you have any that are framed? I do not. Not of Wilco. I have uh, several posters. Um, I only have two framed on my wall right now, and actually have one being framed right now um, from the recent Asheville show. Okay. Um, but in terms of photographs of the band frame, yeah. no, I, I don't have any myself. Yeah, I just, you know, I I have a lot of photographs. <laughs> <laughs> 54,000 of them, uh, yeah. to be precise. So while I'm on the subject of start, bench, cut, Charles, what are your favorite songs and favorite albums? Yeah, also impossible. Uh, <laughs> I I. I'm not really capable of that sort of thought process. Uh, it's a ridiculous game. Uh, well, and I, I have, it, have told ourselves that many times. You know, my son-in-law is always asking me, okay, top top five this. You know, yep, and he, yep, does, yep, he does yep, it all yep. the time. And I just, what? I mean, I would change my answer from every minute that goes by. Um, but I, I am a big fan of, like, unique versions of songs. Okay. You know, alternate cuts, uh, radio shows, live shows. Um, you know, I, I kind of dig deep. And those, I really like those. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of a repeater when it comes to music. So I may get hung up on one song or a set of songs for several days. Um, I listen to more like The Moon. The day it came out, it was like really, it was released on the internet. All day long on repeat. It was the only thing I listened to. And this was like over 100 times in one day. I see us all its customers. Then you can kind of move on, and uh, you know the song, and and when it comes up, you felt like you always know it. And I think you would, I know you would agree with me that Wilco, in many ways, is the soundtrack to our lives. Sure. I mean, I can definitely pinpoint a lot of memories uh, wrapped around, you know, a show or a song, um, like like most music, really. You have seen Wilco, literally, in a very unique way, both on stage and backstage, as we, as we heard in our, the, the previous episode. What are some insights that you can give us about the band that, that we as fans would find interesting? I suspect you'll say that, um, that they, in a very Midwestern kind of way, are somewhat boring. And, uh, and I mean that with as much affection as possible, by the way. 
uh, because they're very much not dramatic rock stars, right? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's pretty low key. Uh, I can't think of a single issue of any drama ever in my presence with any of them. It's very friendly environment. Uh, I personally am not pushy, so I may drift in and out of rehearsal rooms, snap, snap a few and move on. But everybody's very cordial and nice and conversive. I've seen your work. You shoot in a very documentary style um, that, uh, that, that tells a story. And the best way to do that is to be uh, literally a fly on the wall where they don't suspect that a camera is, is, is documenting the scene. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like the fly in the wall analogy. Um, I don't like to thrust myself into the situation. Um, I like to let things unfold and um, kind of be along for that ride. And yeah, I think they trust me to uh, to not be bad or whatever, not do stupid right, right, stuff. Right. You know, um, I trust them to treat me with respect and you know, open the doors when appropriate. And, uh, yeah, hopefully my work is received well by the camp and, uh, I'm just grateful they let me in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, um, earlier that you had, you, you shot in Iceland. That's the most recent and, and, and most recently in a, a concert in Asheville. Um, but if I remember correctly in our previous episode, uh, there was a point in time where there was a bit of a gap in coverage where you, you haven't been with them this entire time, but I'm assuming you then re-engaged with the band. Um, so tell us a little bit about that gap in time and how yeah. you re-engaged with them. Yeah. Um, I think after a summer tour and I think 2012, I, w- I was pretty tired. You know, I, I'd seen and shot the band so many times at that point, really loving it all. Um, and by that time I could basically walk backstage in any show anywhere unannounced and Jason, their tour manager at the time, would just sort of say, Hey Charles and hand me a laminate. It was that easy. Hmm. Um, but it is a grind. Um, I don't approach my work casually, so I'm kind of serious about it, but I was tired, you know, um, like I say, it's, it, it's a real effort. When I re-engage, you know, like everyone as a person, as a photographer, I, I did feel the vacuum of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, by that, by the time I was kind of ready to do something interesting, I'd gotten a little bored. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't working as much, and yeah, um, you know, it it was a thing. It, it was a thing. Yeah, I mean. I mean, during my hiatus, I, I did a lot of interesting things. That's for sure. I mean, I travel yeah. the world, you know, I continue with my, my life as a photographer, but that Wilco lure was kind of creeping back, you know, mm. you know, and, uh, I think, you know, the Tweety show was part of that. I was, I was hearing some of those and really enjoying it. I, I really liked the personal aspect of it. You know, it was very intimate. And it reminded me of, of the Wilco family, really. So when when the pandemic was winding down, I I just wrote again, kind of full circle here, the uh, generic email address to the Tweety Show because I didn't know anybody personally. Um, and and just for our audience to understand what the Tweety Show 
was and is. Um, this was these were live streams that were happening on Instagram of of Jeff and the family being Jeff and the family. Yeah, and they were doing. He was doing fantastic, you know, s- s- versions of, you know, covers and new mm-hmm. songs and old songs and. You know, Spencer was sitting in on drums and, you know, Sammy would sing occasionally. And it was, it was all very, like I say, fun and intimate. Yeah. We needed that at that time. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, I wrote that email and I, I really thanked them for their generosity of doing that, you know, during a difficult time and things like that. I was really appreciative of it. And, uh, I mentioned my, my, uh, past Wilco work and said, you know, I might be happy to bring a camera to the upcoming show in Asheville, North Carolina, if they were interested, you know, kind of seeing maybe, maybe I can re-engage a little bit. Spencer, who was the admin for that email, wrote me back a really warm and gracious letter the next day, I think. And Mm -hmm. he was was sort of effusive about my work and remembered a particular promo photo of Jeff that he said seemed to follow them everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he said it was That's like on a, on a laminate of a European tour when he was like 12 year old. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, on, on posters. Yeah. He kind of knew, he kind of real familiar with that. He, yeah. he knew my he knew my work, and which I was happy to know. And he connected me to, you know, their manager, Crystal, who uh, pretty promptly replied, you know, welcome me back. And we had a few back and forths and then she said I'd been given the green light, uh, which meant all access. And wow, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that came directly from Jeff. I don't think uh, this is handed out lightly. And so uh, some months go by, and I'm thinking of visiting my mother in Waco, Texas, where hmm. I mostly grew up, and uh, which is actually what I was doing when I saw Wilco the very first time. It was the same sort of thing. Uh but I, I checked the Wilco calendar and wow, there they are. Induction into the Austin City Limits Hall of Fame in the like in the exact weeks I'm thinking of visiting. So again, sort of a full circle Texas thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I contact them and yeah, expenses to Austin plus uh, an actual fee because I shot some band promo. Um, so imagine I'd not seen them in person for like seven years or so. And now I'm mingling, shooting at the awards and shooting band promo. It was a fun shoot. I had a great time. But the way it seemed to me, I was regarded as if I'd never been away. Oh, yeah. I was a bit nervous, yeah, at the beginning, but pretty soon felt at home. Uh, That evening, I was in an elevator with Jeff and some other Wilco people. He looked around. He he called us the best elevator family ever. (laughs) Yeah. Of, of course, that's such a Jeff thing. Yeah, that's just him being funny. But it's a yeah, nice, it's a course. nice, nice sentiment, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best yeah. elevator family ever. Yeah, I think you probably need to have that somewhere at, at your house, somewhere <laughs> hanging in your house. Best elevator family ever. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I felt happy and comfortable to be back. You connect with the band, and uh, you you reconnect. You go to all the way to Iceland, which I heard you earlier say you kind of you know doubled up as a as a vacation, which must have been awesome. Tell me a little bit about the Iceland show. What was that like, and um, and what was what was the band like there? Yeah, well, that was great fun. I mean, Iceland's been on my list for a long time, and mm. so when I saw it come up, it's like, oh my god, 
uh, Lori and I talked about it and said, we should, we should do it. And I approached the band and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so, um, you know, they brought me out there, put me up and, uh, there were three shows in the residency in Reykjavik and, uh, one so-called bonus show, um, which was at a small venue, about 200 people. It was supposed to be on an island and we were going to take a ferry to it. But once again, hurricane force winds changed, mm. changed the plans on that. So it was kind of in a, a Viking restaurant or lodge or something like that. Um, so it sounds it, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, so it was all really good. And, uh, I think everybody, the band, the crew, obviously the fans enjoyed going there and, and took advantage of the situation of, you know, this magical place on, on earth and some of the things you can see and do there. So you go from Iceland back to the United States, um, and speaking of Hurricane Force Winds, you're back at a Nashville show. Uh, this one obviously uh, goes off without a hitch, and you were telling me about this story, this interaction that you had with Pat during the final song that I would be willing to bet when the audience hears this, many of us would pay an unhealthy amount of money to experience. Tell us about this moment. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um well, Asheville doesn't really have a pit area, only a kind of a wider area in the front row. And because I was using all Leica at this show, which is much more conducive to very close proximity work than afar, uh, I went up to the side stage, like I'm on the stage, just off to the side, on, on Pat's side. And this is the final song, uh, I'm a Wheel. So, you know, I knew Pat's side was where I should be. Yeah. Yeah, and I was only about three or four feet from him and a little bit behind him, you know, depending on his antics. And uh, in order to even get an angle, all of the shooting at that point was done with my arm sort of jutted out low in front of me, uh, guessing about the focus and, you know, what's going on. It's all manual camera. Right. You know, of course, Pat knows I'm there. And so, in fact, I got a few frames of him kind of glancing over at me but during kind of some of the crazier parts of the song you know when he's really really going crazy right he he suddenly he throws himself down at me you know and shoulder grinds me for about 15 seconds while like raging on the guitar yeah bumping and grinding right (laughs) (laughs) and i was fairly surprised you know it definitely took me off guard but, you know, it was obviously great fun. It's kind of weird because for one brief moment, I was, I think I may have been part of the show. <laughs> Absolutely. For, for those who could see it anyway, you know, because I'm not sure how how much the side I was. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I love that story, Charles, because it shows, once again, we've been talking about this, just how friendly, warm, and down-to-earth they are. Yeah, they, they're they really an open book 
I, you know, I, and also I have to shout out to some of the Wilco team who've always made me feel welcome. You know, Ken from the beginning, Jason, uh, Crystal, Eric, their manager, Ashwin, Stan, Mark, who runs the law. Uh, mm. You know, Ashwin's always a big help, you know, at live shows, uh, you know, helping me get things done if I need. Yeah. Random question here, Charles, and I, I probably should have asked this uh, earlier, but over the years, has Wilco taught you anything about your craft that that maybe you hadn't expected after shooting a rock and roll band for this many years? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, you know, not being a concert photographer, I wasn't experienced with the rapid lighting changes and, uh, mm. you know, which is, I mean, harsh rapid lighting changes. It's you know, very quick. So, you know, as a photographer, you have to be pretty adaptable. And so I was actually quite well adapted to being adaptable by that time I first shot them. But, uh, I think the lighting changes constantly in the extremes is a enormous challenge. And for someone who doesn't rely on autofocus or auto exposure, this is pretty daunting. Mm. Uh, but I've, I've adapted. Um, I think that's probably the the most difficult thing I've had to deal with. Well, Charles, this has been an absolute treat to visit with you and an honor to speak with you. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of what I know is a very, very busy schedule to be a guest on this podcast. If you ever need a grip or someone to lug your gear while at a show, you now have my email address. I would love to help out. (laughs) Yeah. You're not the first person to offer. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. I bet. So, uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks again, Todd. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed getting to share my story. It's really the first time I was thinking back. It's like the first time I, I've put it all together. This whole Wilco thing, sort of in one, you know, in one thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what I what I love about your story is um, again, it, it just the warmth and the, 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 the genuineness of Wilco just pops out of every story that you tell about the band. And I think that, then I think that's what our audience is going to love the most. It's just a reminder of just, just how friendly they are and how awesome and genuine they are. Yeah. Charles, thanks again, my friend. I really appreciate it. Well, I look forward to hearing more on this uh, podcast. Thanks again to Charles Harris for his time and for sharing his story here on the Shoving Wilco podcast. If you'd like to see his photography, including photos of Wilco, you can head to the show notes of this episode. We've included a link to his work. And of course, you can follow him on Instagram as well. All of the links are in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode and thank you for listening to the Shoving Wilco podcast. We are having a great time and we hope to continue talking about the music of Wilco. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you on the other side. Mm